0: Through to six. And they should come up on the screen, but it's good if you have a Bible open in front of you to, to follow along. Let's read God's word together. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I will proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Another new year, you stand at the threshold of 2017 or 2017, whichever way you like. What are your priorities? What is it that you will put your heart and soul into in this coming year? I'm told at this time of year, gym membership rockets and then drops off around about February time. But will you do that? A new fitness regime? What about work? What about a hobby? What about relationship? What about education? All things that are in and of themselves, not bad things. But let me ask you, at the beginning of this new year, what about gospel work? In this coming year, where does the work of the gospel feature in your plans? We look into our world and we see a desperate, hurting, breaking, broken, dying world. And here in this letter to the church of Colossae, Paul is drawing it to a close and, and before he gets into to the final greetings part of the letter, letter he, has got, got, he has got some sound advice for the church there that centers on what I believe to be two of the main pillars of any church fellowship, namely prayer and proclamation. And coupled with that, he throws in, if you like it, it's not the right phrase to use, he puts in at the end how we are to present ourselves. God willing, you'll be hearing next week regarding certain changes to the prayer life of the church as well as a new home group structure that as a leadership we hope to have in place at the beginning of February. One of the books that I read last year and started reading again in my recent reading week is called The Vine Project. And the stated aim of, of the book is this. It might come up on a, on a slide, William. Um, it's a long quote, but it says this. There is a longing for everyone to pray for and reach out to those around them to make new disciples and to nourish and edify and encourage one another in maturity or to maturity in Christ. you want a New Year's resolution? There you go. Probably hasn't come up very well there. But well, better up there than it is in front of me. There you go. We long. And not just was that in that but lies behind the book. It's what lies behind the heart of the leadership for this coming year. For everyone. Everyone. To pray and reach out to those around them. To make new disciples. To nurture, to edify, to encourage one another to maturity in Christ. And in verses 2 to 6, Paul gives us pretty clear guidelines in regards to effective evangelism that is tied up in praying and in proclaiming and in presenting. And it's quite interesting to notice the order that Paul has here because he starts with prayer. That is Talking to God about people. Before he goes on to speak about proclaiming. Which is speaking to people about God. So before we speak to people about God. We need to speak to God about people. So let's look at the verses before us. Praying that God by his spirit will speak to us through his word. Firstly then we see persevering prayer. I take it as read that we all believe that prayer matters. And indeed, prayer makes a difference. However, believing something and actually doing something about it is another matter entirely. And in regards to prayer, notice what Paul gives us, or notice, sorry, that Paul gives us at least... Four characteristics that, if we follow, I am convinced will change our prayer life, both individually and corporately as a church. He calls us to be faithful, to be watchful, to be thankful, and to be purposeful. Faithful. Dick Lucas, in his commentary in Colossians, says that effective evangelism begins with persevering prayer. And the word that Paul uses there, devote, is actually a very strong word. Devote yourselves to prayer, he says. To be devoted to something is to be totally committed to it. It was a characteristic of the early church, read again the book of Acts and see how devoted they were to prayer amongst other things. And if we expect in this coming year our prayer life, both individually and and corporately, if we expect it to have any kind of effect in our life, and in the community in which we live, then it must not, it cannot be sporadic or haphazard. To be devoted to it. All true revival begins, indeed, is soaked and saturated in prayer. When commentator says this, if Christians prayed with the same zeal that some people manifest to keep themselves physically fit for a longer and healthier life, they might see different results in the life and witness of their church. Brothers and sisters, this is not me on just some kind of hobby horse. The Lord knows my heart. This is not me about trying to do some kind of guilt tripping. This is about seeking to encourage us to keep the main thing, the main thing. Prayer works. Think on the Lewis revival. started when two elderly ladies who were unable to get out met together and prayed think on the six I think it was elderly devoted women who by their prayers kept this place going not that many years ago if you want to see what happens when a church devotes itself to pray. I encourage you to go and buy Jim Simbel's book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Because it tracks the growth of the Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York from a small, a very, very small number to what it is today. And prayer was at the very center of it. God has so challenged me these past few weeks as I've been preparing this. And everything that I say here to you, I've already preached to myself umpteen times these past few weeks. How devoted to prayer am I? How devoted to prayer are you? How much time do I spend in prayer as opposed to on Facebook or reading a novel or doing a hobby. Find time for so many other things, but what about prayer? (coughs) Be devoted to it. Give yourself to it. You won't be the poorer for it. So be faithful in it but also be watchful. Remember Jesus' words to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane? Watch and pray, he said. Watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation, which means if you don't, you're more likely to. Be alert. Be switched on. So be faithful. Be watchful. But also... Be thankful. Thankfulness appears at least five times in this letter. And in Philippians 4 verse 6, Paul says the same thing about being thankful in our prayers. I think that thankfulness is an important part of our prayer life. Yet so often we can forget. So often we can be taken up with the woes and the worries and I'm not making light of any given situation. But that old hymn's so true. It does do us good from time to time to count our blessings, to name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. There's loads of ways we can do that. I I was having my my readings this this morning. I I used daily bread, so apologies for anyone who hasn't read it yet, uh, if you use it. Um, But they were talking about, the the writer was talking about um, a friend who who had a kind of thankful jar. And so every day, she just scribbled down something on a piece of paper for what she was thankful to God for and put it in a jar. And at the end of the year, she emptied the jar out and she read it all again. How thankful are we to God for his many, many blessings to us? It's an important part of our prayers. Be faithful in prayer. Be watchful in prayer. Be thankful in prayer. Then we're to be purposeful in prayer. What do I mean by that? Well, let us learn, brothers and sisters, in our prayers to be specific. Paul, this great apostle, is not afraid to ask for prayer. But he doesn't just say, pray for me. He actually asks specifically. He asks purposefully for certain things. He says, pray for us too that God may open a door. And pray that we may declare the gospel clearly. And we'll come to that in a moment or two. But, but kind of so often in our prayers, we can be so, so kind of general. We, we can just kind of, God bless this. Or God bless the missionaries. Yes, God do bless But today, more than ever, there is no reason for us not to be fully informed of situations in order that we might pray, and I use the words carefully, informatively, intelligently, and purposefully. Whatever, and and, and we all have our own kind of favorite kind of mission societies that we support and pray and, and, and whatever. Go on their webpage. There's loads of information there for which we can pray purposefully and specifically for. So as we stand at the threshold of another year, along with Paul, I want to encourage you. I, I, and I, I saw it as encouragement, brothers and sisters. I want to encourage you in this coming year to be <coughs> faithful in prayer, to be watchful in prayer, to be thankful in prayer, and to be purposeful in prayer and see what God will do. Persevering prayer. Then he speaks of effective evangelism. His request to, to them is actually quite straightforward. He asks that they pray that a door might be opened. But you notice what the door is to be opened for? It's to be opened for our message. That is, for the gospel. And that Paul, once that door is open may proclaim that gospel clearly. And it's really interesting to remind ourselves that Paul is actually writing this from prison. Yet, as with so many of Paul's prayer requests, they're not centered on his situation. They're centered on the spread of the gospel, and the spiritual well-being of those who's under His care. It's not the prison door that Paul's asking them to open. He's learned to be content in every situation. It's gospel doors that he wants opened, it's doors of ministry, it's opportunities to share the gospel. I guess Paul sitting there in prison could could have kind of wondered, well, what am I going on? What's going on? What what, what am I doing here? Why, Why am I in prison, Lord, that I could be out planting churches? There's so much more to do. Well, actually, from prison, he wrote Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and Philemon, all letters that still help and encourage God's people today. So being imprisoned in whatever way does not end gospel work or your participation in it. You can pray. You can write a letter. You can drop a card. You can make a phone call. So it's so interesting to see that that Paul desired an open door for gospel work. Considering that that was the very thing that he was imprisoned for. Paul's overriding desire was to proclaim the mystery of Christ. We saw recently from Ephesians all that that meant. Namely how God and Christ has brought together both Jew and Gentile and that forgiveness and salvation is for all who put their faith and trust in him. Brothers and sisters, effective evangelism needs to have at the very core the gospel. Not as an add-on, but at the very core. Because it is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. An effective evangelism needs to have that at the core. Christ crucified, buried, risen, coming again lay at the very heart of Paul's evangelism, and that was pretty effective it needs to be the same today. That is what Paul wants. He wants an open door, and he wants it in order that he might proclaim Christ. It is my deep conviction, brothers and sisters, that God has given us open doors. The work at Seafield on a Wednesday, the use of Riverside, mother and toddlers, other opportunities. May we learn more and more to see these as gospel opportunities. Whereas Paul says here, we proclaim it clearly. And let me add also winsomely, and we'll come to that in my final point. But in this coming year, Let us be open to the opportunities that God gives us. Let us boldly walk through these and other open doors and in the power of the Holy Spirit clearly, fearlessly, lovingly proclaim this glorious gospel. Brothers and sisters, persevering prayer will lead effective evangelism then in verses 5 and 6 notice how Paul speaks of winsome witnessing whether it's right or whether it's wrong many people today judge Christianity by what they see in those who claim to be Christians Indeed, for many people, for many people that you will come into contact in your work and in your street and in your family and wherever else, you are the only Bible that they will ever read. And Paul, in verses 5 and 6, gives us some pretty sound advice. Notice what he says: He says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. It seems to me that when Paul speaks here of outsiders, he is referring to those who, as yet, as yet, are not Christians. And he says to those who are, be wise. Be wise in how you act. Not just in what you say, but in what you do, and also in how you do it. Von makes a point that, that people outside often listen with their eyes more than their ears. We live in a very visual-dominated world. And the danger is that, that the message of the gospel in its clarity kind of gets garbled up by, by our foolishness and our... Acrimony and, and if we're honest, our misbehavior. Well, you see what these Christians do? I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's what the world sees. Paul's saying here, be wise in how you act. And in a day and age when, if we're honest, Christianity has come to mean so many things to so many different people, the watching world has become rather skeptical of Christianity. We need to be wise in how we act. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Dick Lucas says in his book, in the secularized world of today, when being a Christian is no longer a matter of course, Christian conduct takes on a missionary function again. Wow, (laughs) let me say that again, Christian conduct takes on a missionary function again, and while making a good impression is not everything, it's also not unimportant, brothers and sisters, the gospel message is either advanced or harmed by how we live our lives and how we act, how we live out our Christianity. Be wise. Can I just mention here, well, I'm going to do it anyway, but hope you bear with me as I say it. Can I just mention here, particularly in this aspect of being wise, can I mention the impact of social media? Especially Facebook. And can I encourage you all to be wise in what you post, in what you like, in what you comment, and that's not a dig at anybody at all, that's a general (laughs) observation from my time recently looking at various posts on Facebook. Be wise, the world's watching. Also notice what I believe to be a sense of urgency. Because Paul says here, make the most of every opportunity. If we are praying for doors to be opened, and, and be careful when you pray that because you will find that God will open doors. When that opportunity comes, make the most of it. Time is short, brothers and sisters. We were sharing on Thursday night at a prayer meeting. What a blessed time it was as as people shared and there was a real burden there. And and, and we played that song, People Need the Lord. People need the Lord. Time is short. We don't know how long doors will remain open. There is already a huge push to, to, to... Kick assemblies out of school. Where, where just now it's a situation where parents parents can can write in and and opt out their kids from it. Well, there's a real push just now where the parents will need to write to opt their kids into it. We don't know how long we have these opportunities. Time is short. None of us know when's the last time we will hear the gospel. I am not standing here this small and seeking to be emotive, seeking to be controversial, just realistic and laying out what is on my heart for this coming year. There's an urgency. There's an urgency for people to hear the gospel. And again, we can all myself included nod in agreement. It should also move us to action. Be wise. Be urgent. And finally be ready. Let your conversation be sometimes full of grace. It doesn't say that. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. So that you may know how to answer everyone. God in his infinite mercy has been graceful to us. We are recipients of his grace. And we are to show that grace to others. You know, I've seen it happen. Sometimes we can be so determined to win the argument we lose the person. Before we make disciples, which actually is the Holy Spirit's role, but God delights to use us. We need to make friends. We need to build a rapport with people. That's what Louis and Rose is trying to do in Tory. We need to see people as what they are. People. Not just some kind of project. They are people who need the Lord. We need to be gracious. We need to be loving. We need to be winsome. But also, we need to be bold. And we need to show them and we need to tell them of Jesus. The mighty to save. Salt was used both as a preservative as well as a seasoner in Jesus' time. Jesus has told us, didn't he, in Matthew 5, to be salt and light. Well, may our speech in this coming year to outsiders and to one another be pure and savory. May it build up. May it encourage. It is, I believe, that as we talk to God about people prayer, before we speak to people about God evangelism, we will be able, by the Spirit's enabling, to answer everyone. That verse used to frighten the living daylights out of me. but we're to be ready. We're to give a reason for the hope within. that That's why Bible study and prayer is so important. And, and did you notice as we were reading there, it is their questions that we answer. You know, sometimes we're trying to answer questions that they're not even asking. touched a little bit on that at a recent baptism when we looked at uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, didn't we? Philip just started where where the guy was at. Do you remember Jesus with the women at the well at Samaria? Jesus just started with where they were at. Start with where they are. And clearly and wisely and winsomely proclaim this glorious message to them by word by deed brothers and sisters at the outset of this new year let us commit ourselves let us devote ourselves to persevering prayer to effective evangelism and to winsome witnessing and leave the results with God. He has called us to be faithful. May we know that by his Holy Spirit's enabling and to him and him alone be the praise and the glory. Let's stand as we pray before we sing.